Welcome to Kelly Dry's Ad Law Access Podcast. I am Elisa Hutnick, a partner at Kelly Dry, and I'm here with my colleague, Donnelly McDowell, who's special counsel on our team. And today we are going to be focusing on consumer financial protection, fintech, financial services, all sorts of consumer protection issues that one would think of when you were talking about this particular sector. And so, Donnelly, I'm going to start you off with the first question on how, who is this relevant for? And, and how should we be thinking in terms of what laws, what considerations are in scope? Sure. Thanks, Alisa. Um, so I think when some entities think about, you know, the CFPB and consumer financial protection, they think, well, I'm not a bank, so that doesn't really apply to me. Um, but consumer financial protection laws are actually much, much broader. Um, so when we say consumer financial protection, we're really talking about all aspects of consumer financial products. So like you mentioned, fintech, um, or really any way that consumers bank or pay or finance for transactions and the financial technology sector more broadly. Um, and so there are, within that, there are both general laws um, that give agencies like the CFPB and the FTC really broad discretion. Um, and those generally authorize um, or prohibit unfair and deceptive acts and practices. And for the CFPB, they also have authority to prevent abusive acts and practices, so kind of a separate standard. And then there are also more specific laws. Um, so for example, the Fair Credit Reporting Act, the Fair Debt Collection Practices Act, the Equal Credit Opportunity Act, Truth and Lending Act. Um, so if you think of those as really supplementing um, the, the more general FTC Act and Dodd-Frank Act that created CFPB, those really go to specific sectors and uh, types of conduct. And since we were, since today we're going to focus mainly on the federal side, I did just want to know briefly, it's a big party, right? Because it's not just the federal uh, side of things. You also have state attorneys general who can enforce and you have state specific agencies like for example, New York's Department of Financial Services, who have their own laws that they enforce on a lot of these topics. So there's definitely a, uh, a deep playbook when you are operating in this sector in terms of what laws one needs to comply with. But as you mentioned today, we're going to focus on the CFPB. Uh, I think a lot of us would say the last four years has been um, on the quieter side than perhaps during the Obama administration with the CFPB. And so what kinds of things do you think we should be looking for? What have you noticed with just the CFPB and the, the rumblings and the setup during the, um, this, these beginning days of the Biden administration? Sure. So, yeah, I, I mean, to your point about it being a little quieter, um, you know, since 2018, there's been about $1.5 in consumer relief, which is certainly not nothing. It's a significant amount. But if you compare that to the early days under Director Cordray, um, there, admittedly, a longer period, but CFPB secured $12 billion in relief so, um, and from enforcement action. So, so really an eye-popping number there. So I think really everyone, the, the consensus that, that you'd hear is a likely return to that type of aggressive enforcement and those really big dollar settlements across the board, um, not just in areas of uh, fraud, but really all across the board in consumer financial protection. Um, right now, so 
President Biden has nominated current FTC Commissioner Rohit Chopra to serve as director. Um, his confirmation process hasn't started yet. We're, we're watching that closely. So right now we have Acting Director Dave Weo. He's He's been there at the CFPB for quite a bit, nine years, uh, most recently serving as Chief Strategy Officer, um, previously as Acting Deputy Chief of Staff. And, you know, he's he's issued a recent statement kind of highlighting what his priorities are going to be as acting director. I'll highlight a couple. So two just thematic priorities. One is relief for consumers facing hardship uh, due to COVID-19 and the related economic crisis. And the second is racial equality. So two, you know, big picture themes that you um, have heard a lot about in the news lately and, um, not not shocking, but in terms of how the CFPB, like how do those relate to consumer finance, I think is an important question. And there, you know, on, on the first, he highlighted a couple specific obligations as illustrative, but certainly not exhaustive as the types of actions CFPB would, taking, would be taking. Um, so the failure to report information to credit reporting agencies as required under the CARES Act amendments to FICRA, so there, um, the CARES Act, um, which was one of the stimulus packages, made amendments to the Fair Credit Reporting Act, where if you're a furniture of consumer report information, that you have to report it in a certain way um, during the duration of the COVID-19 pandemic. So that, that's one thing that if you're reporting information, um, CFPB is going to be looking very closely at. And another is... Um, responding to forbearance requests under the CARES Act. So those are just, you know, pretty specific things, but highlighted as representative of um, COVID-19 specific potential enforcement. And then as far as racial equity, one of the other just big principles that the acting director highlighted, you know, I I think we can expect a lot here, both um, under the acting director and um, once confirmed under Chopra, um, you know, We've we've seen it in the news a lot, and I think this certainly means that there'll be more robust and extensive enforcement when it comes to fair lending laws. But I think more broadly than that, too, the CFPB has, you know, really broad authority under the Dodd-Frank Act, and they haven't really used their abuse of authority. So I think we could we want to be mindful and really watch out for any guidance they they set out as far as how they're going to interpret and apply the abuse of authority. And that that's a really good point because we've seen that theme um, certainly referenced by the, the FTC. We've seen it at the state level. And so from, uh, from an in-house perspective, you think about all the different ways, how do you issue spot for a lot of that? And there's so much use now in terms of AI and machine learning, for example, and really drilling down to figure out what are the metrics we're using, right? What's that? What's the algorithm based on, and how can that actually follow uh, and 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 tie to to these equity decisions? And so there is really more of looking under the hood with, with a lot of these, um, so that you can manage your risk not just from the CFPB but from other enforcers who who also are looking uh, pretty acutely at these issues. But back to the CFPB. Um, Chopra. We, we know him from his uh, commissioner role at the Federal Trade Commission. We certainly, uh, he was pretty vocal there and issued a whole lot of statements. So what can you tell us in terms of what we might expect to see from him and his priorities once he is um, officially at the helm of the CFPB? Sure. So 
vocal is possibly even an understatement. <laughs> I mean, he has been really active and dissented on a number of really high profile matters at the FTC. So Facebook and Zoom, um, and there he's really advocated for bigger money settlements and individual liability for corporate officers. So I think we can certainly expect that. Um, as far as substantive priority areas, we know from his previous time at the Bureau, he was student loan abundsman. So we, we know that student loan servicing is certainly near and dear to his heart. And, you know, he has background there. But I, I think more broadly, the educational sector is something that that's definitely going to get a lot of attention. So for-profit colleges is one area. And, you know, one question there is how far the CFPB's authority can go. You know, we saw in um, under Director Cordray that they certainly had a fair amount of enforcement there. Um, so I, I think we can certainly expect that. FinTech, you know, we, we've touched on that throughout. And it's, it's a term we use broadly and can really refer to a lot of different things. But I think to your point earlier, it's just, it's such a growing industry and it touches on so many aspects of day-to-day -day consumer life that I, I certainly expect Chopra and the CFPB generally to, to really more actively and aggressively think about some of the issues that have been kind of percolating around the edges for a while, right? So like, if you think back to the FTC's big data report, as far as like how some of these fintech companies are using data to target customers and um, how those play into algorithms. I think that's really going to be something that the CFPB is going to be on the cutting edge of. Um, and I don't think we know exactly how that's going to play out right now, but it's certainly something we want to keep monitoring. Yeah. And it's, you know, to your point on the COVID theme, we have been so reliant, even more so on, on the internet and transacting online. Uh, and you think about the role that FinTech plays in that. Um, you're not going necessarily to your brick and mortar bank anymore, even if you weren't doing that necessarily before COVID, but you certainly aren't doing it now. And so just the competition that is occurring in this space, um, whether it's to, for lending, whether it's for investment, you know, the whole range of things. And you can imagine how you, know, you had equity, you had dealing, addressing COVID concerns with, with emerging technologies. And it certainly gives an area that um, we can imagine ripe for, for some examples of some aggressive enforcement there. Totally. Yeah. And then just one other potential area more broadly is, you know, we know Chopra didn't see eye to eye um, with the previous administration on a lot of issues. And you had under Director Kraninger some, some pretty big efforts come to fruition as far as the payday lending rule, which was significantly rolled back um, and is currently still being challenged in federal court. Um, you also had a rule implementing the Fair Debt Collection Practices Act, which was a huge effort and a big rule. Um, and that was finalized in just October of last year. Um, and some folks didn't think it went as far. Some people went, went, uh, thought it went too far. So obviously those changes would have to undergo notice and comment rulemaking. But I think that's, that's certainly on the table and something that uh, we want to continue to monitor. Excellent. Uh, if I were looking for additional resources for some pleasure reading, I understand uh, one of our colleagues had worked on a certain task force report that had a lot of interesting pieces in there. Um, any any highlights you'd want to share or point uh, us to pay particular attention to in that CFPB task force report? 
Sure. So, yeah, I, I was just looking back over that. Um, you know, there, there's a lot of really interesting stuff there. There's a whole historical treatise on the history of consumer financial law. Um, and then there's about 100 pages of pretty specific recommendations um, to the Bureau and to Congress and the federal and state regulators. So you, you know, I'll highlight a few that jumped out at me as interesting. Um, one is authorizing the Bureau to issue licenses to non-depository institutions um, that provide lending, money transmission, and payment services. So we've heard a lot about this potential, I, I guess, for a while, um, but seeing a, a concrete recommendation in the bipartisan report um, is, is something that you could, I think, could get traction in the near term. Um, and then you, you really saw some of the same principles that we've talked about. So expanding access um, to the unbanked and underbanked. Um, there's particular highlighting of um, folks in rural communities and uh, immigrant communities and considering the particular challenges that face um, those different groups is something that I think will, will certainly also get traction. But it's an interesting read. I, I'd encourage folks to, to take a look. And then just to close out, while the focus of we've been talking about financial consumer protection, there's so many other broader consumer protection issues that that you know are interwoven: privacy, cybersecurity, advertising. Um, you know, just some of those just traditional consumer protection issues that that have their own set of obligations and risk. In which, at least when we kind of think to the Obama administration, the way that the CFPB took some novel interpretations on how some of those bread and butter issues were also within CFPB purview. And I think, you know, if, if you're issue spotting and pressure testing your current practices, having having that broader view, I think is really important to, to determine whether your compliance program really is covering in a meaningful way all of those issues. The, the one thing that also occurred to me that would be interesting to talk about is just how supervision occurs at the CFEB. And I'm thinking we, we focused a lot on the role of auditing. And I can see Chopra really expanding just that, the, the whole use of supervision and getting under the hood with a number of companies. Um, and, and that's something I think I'd be curious to see if we, what, what happens with that and how much we see about that. Usually, you know, it's just, there's not a lot of fanfare about what's going on until, until you see the enforcement example, for example. For example, yeah, no, I think that's a great point. I mean, when the CFPB was created, that was really one of the headliners, right? Their supervisory authority and, and how far they would take that. Um, I mean, we we see it from on the FTC front. To, they don't have that, right? So if they're interested, they they can issue an access letter or a CID, but it, it's not the same type of broad supervisory authority that the bureau has. So totally agree. It'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Yeah. So if you were doing thinking, what would be a good tabletop subject, you know, for training um, a mock supervision uh, process probably wouldn't be the, the worst idea to, to consider. So we could totally geek out on consumer protection in the financial services space, but we'll have to save more for another podcast. If you are interested in finding out more information, we do blog a lot about these topics at adlawaccess.com. We have a whole bunch of other podcasts on these and related topics, and we have an advertising and privacy law resource, uh, which is linked at the bottom of our website, kellydry.com. So thank you for listening, and we're always open to hear tips for, for new topics that you'd like us to cover.